So this morning I want to preach a message about a mother's devotion. I know uh, today is Mother's Day, and I just want to wish everyone that uh, is here as a mother a happy Mother's Day. Um, and this morning's message is, is primarily going to be uh, geared for those uh, who are mothers, but there is something in here that is applicable uh, for every person in this room. And so just don't, you know, just don't turn me off and say, oh, it's not for me. No, there is something in here for every person. And, uh, but primarily I'm going to be focusing on and trying to, to, to encourage our, our mothers this morning. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse number 15, um, Israel had, had asked, he said, uh, in verse number 14, it says, But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. And sometimes there's times that we go through our Christian life and we feel that way, don't we? That God, where are you? Where, where, um, uh, what happened? You know, and, and last week as, as Pastor was introducing Job, Job went through those times. You know, he was looking everywhere for, for, for God's presence and, and he couldn't find it. And here, Zion is saying, the Lord hath forsaken me. He, that's how Israel was feeling. But verse number 15 says, Can a woman forget her sucking child? that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb. God asks a, a quite a, um, an endearing question because there's nothing more precious than a, a newborn baby and, and that relationship between that, 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 that newborn child and, and the woman as they, as, as they um, grow uh, together, um, nourishing that, that child and, and helping them to grow. Um, but God says here, Yea, they may forget. Yet will I not forget thee. And that's a great promise that Jesus has, that God has made to you and I. Uh, look, sometimes, sadly, women turn their back on their children. They forsake them. Yet God said, I will never forget thee. And verse number 16, and I believe this is actually a, um, a prophecy. He says, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, so thy walls are continually before thee. And so when you look at when, when, uh, when Jesus, when He sees His hands, they're forever scarred with the nail prints of the cross. And so whenever He sees that, He is reminded of how much He loves us and how much He has, uh, he has sacrificed for us. And He'll never forsake us. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, this morning, though, I, I really want to, to focus on, on, on devotion. Um, this verse is probably one of the most tenderest of the Bible because we see that, that devotion that a, a new mother has to her children. Um, but what is devotion? And we're going to look at that uh, this morning. What is so special about this particular emotion that God would compare Himself with? And I was looking at some different uh, definitions, some different uh, ideas of what people ha had, had wrote about this thing called devotion. And I, and I found the best one that I think applies here. It is a passionate, zealous love or affection for someone or something in which a bond is created between them by the constant attention and focus given to them. It's something that develops. It's a passionate and zealous love. Um, as you're taking care of something, that bond increases in that, and, and you want to, to take care of that, uh, that person or that thing. Um, 
A mother's devotion to her children is often quite different than a father's devotion. Both are special and unique in their own way, but there is a difference in a mother's devotion. Perhaps it's because for nine months they have been a literal part of her as she carried her children in her womb. It's, a little, it's different between a woman and a man when the children are born. And, um, and so perhaps because that is one reason is because of, of her already carrying them and, and that developing within uh, their heart and, and within their own, their own body. See, as a young man, the Lord allowed me to see a deepness of such maternal devotion. Uh, it, was, it was back when I was 15 years old. And as I watched my mother with my younger sister, when my younger sister was diagnosed with a very aggressive cancer at nine years old, my mother put her entire life on hold for a year and a half to take care of my younger sister. My mother chose to take leave of her job and was with my sister nearly every single day and all day long. She traveled the thousands of miles taking my sister to all of her doctor appointments, getting all the blood transfusions, the chemotherapy, the radiation therapy, uh, being with her, sleeping in the hospital overnight with her, um, and various other things. And because my mother was a nurse, uh, she chose to, uh, instead of having somebody come in, she chose to give her baby girl injections of the chemotherapy medicine and had to watch the pain on my sister's face from it. Every day, she probably wished she could change places with her and endure the suffering instead. It was not easy for my mother. But why was she able to do it? Because of her devotion and love for my sister. And I got the chance to see that. And now some of you this morning may think, wow, I couldn't do that. That, that, I, that is beyond my, my ability. Well, I can tell you my mother felt the same way before my sister was diagnosed with the cancer. But when difficulties and trials arise that test you and your family, you will be surprised by what your love for your children will enable you to do. What your love for your family will give you the ability to do, and God will give you the grace to help and minister to them. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you have to work a secular job, it takes the same devotion to take care of your children every single day. See, the job of mom is so demanding and it does not get a paid holiday break as much as you may wish. <laughs> Nor can you clock out after you put a few hours in with your children. And sometimes you may wish you could, but mom doesn't get a break. Um, it takes great devotion to your children to make sure that every day they're fed, they're clothed, and their daily needs are taken care of. But then there are times that your devotion is clearly seen. Like when your children are sick and running a high fever, or when they puke all over the bed at 2 o'clock in the morning and you have to get up and clean it up. That's what we're looking forward to, Weston. <laughs> uh, you know, or when your children get older and they bring algebra homework 
and you haven't looked at algebra in 20 years, and yet you still try to help them figure it out. That's devotion. That's what devotion is. See, a mother's devotion is seen on a daily basis and is sometimes the simplest things that you do every single day. See, a mother's devotion often puts the needs of her children above her own needs and her desires. And this is often a sacrifice that goes unnoticed and, to be honest with you, is rarely unthanked for. They're not grateful for it because they're so used to it that it just, they don't really, it doesn't seem like they appreciate it. But can I tell you, God notices this. See, He has entrusted your children into your hands, and it pleases Him when you're doing your best to raise them. It may seem sometimes you're wondering, how in the world am I going to make another day? You know, the kids are, you know, making your hair turn gray, you know, giving you wrinkles and all that kind of stuff. And yet, it seems like when you go to sleep at night and you wake up the next, the next morning and you're looking forward to doing it all over again. Because you know they need you, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like they appreciate you. They do. It's just sometimes they don't know how to express it. But this morning, uh, does God actually honor a mother's devotion to her children in the Bible? Actually, He does. And I want to take a look at an important event in Scripture that touched the heart of God. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 15. It's the first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 15. And we'll be pretty much staying the rest of this morning in this portion of Scripture. This morning we're going to look at Jesus and a Canaanite woman. Look at verse number 21. It says here, Then Jesus went thence, and He departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Um, this was during one of the times of Jesus' earthly ministry. And as uh, the parallel portion of Scripture is in actually Mark chapter 7, He kind of gives some more information about this portion. And Mark reveals that Jesus was, was going to this area to kind of get a break. You know, uh, when you're ministering all the time to people, uh, it can become overwhelming. And even Jesus needed to get away sometimes. He needed to get away, and, and He often, oftentimes did that. He went alone to pray. He went alone with His disciples to kind of recharge. And this was one of those times where He decided to go up to the coast of Tyre and, and Sidon, and um, to, to kind of get away from the crowds, get away from everything. Uh, this place was kind of like a, you know, a no man's land, a barren, barren wasteland. There wasn't much around there. It was kind of the edge of, of Israel. And um, so he went up there, uh, and Mark actually says that he didn't want anybody to know where he was staying. I mean, he didn't want nobody to know. See, he had traveled with his disciples to the far remote areas of Israel, and uh, to this area of Tyre and Sidon, because these were great cities of those days. But I also believe that another reason that he went to this particular place was for this particular encounter. You see, when it comes to God, there's no chance accidents. You know, God doesn't look at saying, oh, I, didn't, I wasn't planning on that, I didn't see that coming. No, he went there for a purpose, I believe. 
to see perhaps a divine appointment, which included uh, this woman and her child. Let's look at verse number 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. So we get the chance to kind of see a little bit more about this woman. She is a woman of, uh, of Canaan. Um, Mark actually goes and reveals that her heritage is actually, she's a Gentile. Uh, she's, not, she's not a Jew. And so here, um, a, this Gentile woman, she learned of him being there, and she sought to find him, even coming to the house that they were at. And this woman, as we read, had a young daughter who was possessed by an unclean spirit, a devil. And as she cried out to Jesus and asking for mercy, let's take a look and see what his response was. Verse 23, But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. He didn't respond a single word. His response was nothing. See, the way that she tried approaching him was as if she were a Jew, which she was not. See, it was uncommon in those days for a Gentile and a Jew to have any kind of fellowship whatsoever, much less to be under the same roof in a house. Even his own disciples did not want to help her. And they actually asked Jesus to send her away. See, this Gentile woman was obviously bothering his disciples. See, they still had a long way to go and a lot to learn about compassion. But look at verse number 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So even Jesus admits to his disciples that, look, he wasn't sent for the Gentiles at that time. He came to bring the Jews back to God first, and that was his primary focus of his earthly ministry. See, it wouldn't be until years later that after Jesus' resurrection from the dead, when the Gentiles, you and I, would become a part of God's adopted family. Until that time, his sole focus was on the Jews. We weren't part of the picture yet. But when Jesus would not reply to her, she realized that her approach was all wrong. She knew that Jesus was her daughter's only hope of getting help and relief from the oppression caused by the vile devil that was controlling her. You see, we have no idea how far this woman had traveled in order to, to see Jesus. We don't know if she had tried other avenues first for help. But what we do know is that she believed Jesus was able to help her. And so look at verse number 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Just simply saying three, letter, three words, Lord, help me. She didn't give some long dis, discord, uh, uh, phrase. You know, she didn't have some long prayer. She knew that he was her only hope. And so I believe with a broken heart, she said, Lord, help me. I can't do anything. I can't do this myself. There's no other hope for me. So as a broken, 
uh, humbled mother who loved her daughter so very much, she brought herself low before Jesus. She understood who He was. She had heard what they had called Him, the Messiah or Savior. So she bowed down before Him and worshipped Him, and with brokenness pleaded for Jesus to help her. See, she knew who, who He was. That's why she, she addressed Him by His title, Thou Son of David. She knew that He was the, the promised Messiah. Even though she may not have known, understood what all that was about, she knew that was who He was. But when she responds and she, she cries out in that brokenness, Jesus responds in an unusual way. Look at verse number 26. But He answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. See, we would all expect Him to answer her request right away. I mean, this is the, uh, you know, uh, God is gracious, God is loving, God is kind. You know, we get to experience that because we have trusted Christ as our Savior if you've been born again. But here, she is, is given an unusual response that just kind of um, blows her away. He told her that it wasn't proper to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. You see, in the eyes of Jews, all Gentiles were heathens and they were no better than dogs. Here, Jesus is referring to that stigma that the Gentiles faced when dealing with the Jews. And He told her plainly that He wasn't come to help her, but only to the Jews. You see, this woman could have gotten very upset having been referred to as a dog. But she didn't. Instead, she makes one of the most amazing statements in the Bible. Look at verse number 27. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. See, she completely agreed uh, with, with Jesus but then stated that even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. So here's what she was saying. She knew that God was merciful and gracious even to those who did not deserve it. She knew that she didn't deserve any help from Jesus uh, or for Him to be merciful because she knew that she was a Gentile. But instead, she was trusting that He would be gracious to her in spite of that fact. See, the Bible does say that God sends the rain on the just and the unjust. So, uh, he knew, or sorry, she knew that, he, that God is gracious. And she was just hoping for just a little bit of help. You know, she, she wasn't uh, expecting Jesus to, to focus all of His ministry on her and, and uh, taking care of all of her needs. <clears throat> she had one request, one <clears throat> small plea, and that was help for her daughter. It wasn't help for herself. It wasn't a selfish request. It was something for someone that she loved very dearly. Look at verse number 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. 
and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You see, when Jesus heard her response and the faith that she had, that, that he, she understood that, look, God is gracious even to a Gentile. He was pleased by her response and her understanding. Especially of her understanding of the grace of God. Because she realized she didn't deserve Him helping her. And that it was truly just an act of mercy and grace to help her daughter. And He decided to heal the young girl. And from that moment, from the moment Jesus spoke and granted her request to her daughter, her daughter was healed of the unclean spirit. In Mark 7.31, it reveals that the mother returned home and found her daughter cured of the unclean spirit from the moment that she had spoken to Jesus. So, what can we get from this? You know, we've seen, we see this, this event in Scripture. We see this, this, um, this conversation, this transaction between this, this woman and between Christ. What can we learn from this? How does this apply to us? How, how can we see through this, this, this mother's devotion, how does it help you and I? Well, first of all, when that woman cried out to Jesus the first time, He still heard her, though He didn't respond right away. Nor did He send her away. You see, sometimes God is silent when we pray. Sometimes it is because we pray amiss. Or perhaps our heart is not in the right condition before we pray. But sometimes it's just because it's not His timing yet. See, not to answer a prayer request right away in our timing is not to answer no, even if we take things at the worst. He didn't say no, he just he didn't respond to her yet. And like this woman, there are many people who cry out to God for Him to fix all of their troubles, but very few actually humble themselves and worship Him and approach God His way which is by faith. Too many times people demand God, say, God, you need to fix this situation. You know, if, if you're up there, you, know, you need to prove yourself to me. No, He doesn't. Because, and often the reason why people don't get their prayers answered is because they don't approach Him the right way. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's not someone that you can just demand and say, I want this, 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 and this. I want you know, everything off my prayer list. You, know, you better do it. He doesn't respond that way. You know, I don't know, maybe the woman when she first approached Jesus, you know, she, she, was, she had that, maybe that mentality saying, you know, uh, Lord, O son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Have mercy on me. Can you do this? Do this for me. She didn't have the right attitude. See, this woman shows us that we should also keep praying, not to give up when God has yet to answer. You see, she didn't give up when Jesus didn't respond and she didn't go back home defeated. In fact, the more the disciples wished her to go away, the less she went, as it were. Because she knew that Jesus was the only one who could help her and she would stay and keep asking until He responded. This morning, can I ask you, how often do you pray for your children? See, it is so easy for us to become so busy with our schedules, our daily routines of our family life, 
you know, preparing breakfast, getting them to school, going to work, coming home, preparing dinner, helping with homework, putting them to bed, then oftentimes we neglect the most important thing that we as parents need to do, and that's to pray for them. To ask God to bless them, to take care of them. You see, our children are facing challenges and struggles at school that you sometimes don't even know about. Whether it's peer pressure by their classmates and their so-called friends to sin, or them being made fun of because they act different than the rest of the kids. Sadly, kids can be quite vicious to want to other children and the things that they say to them. I can give, it, I can give that testimony myself, because I was one of those kids. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so when I saw kids bringing their Bible to school and them trying to read it, I said some pretty nasty things. I regret it now because I didn't understand. But I made fun of them. You know, how that affected them to this day, I don't know. But I know it did something to them. And your children face the same thing every single day. Sometimes we don't realize it because oftentimes they don't say anything about it. You need to pray for them. See, this woman risked everything to go to Jesus. She was alone and traveling in one of the most remote areas of Israel. The sufferings of her daughter were perhaps very great, but the sufferings which the mother endured by sympathy were greater still. This woman would do what could be seen as immense risk in order to help her daughter because she was so devoted to her child. But why did she succeed? It wasn't because she was demanding, but because her urgency was that which was born of love, not of selfishness. It was requesting growing out of an unbounded faith in Christ as the great deliverer of mankind. You know, mothers this morning, let the conduct of this mother become your example when we approach the throne of grace. We can't just go to God and start demanding. But look at how she humbled herself and said, Lord, I need you. You have to work in this situation. He was her only hope. And lastly, the child was not with her, was she? She went alone. The child was still back home. This situation reveals that we may bring our absent children and loved ones and friends to the Lord by prayer and be successful. You see, your children may no longer be in your home. Or maybe they have gone their own way in this world. And you know what? You may have given up hope that they would ever desire to live for the Lord or even to get saved. But don't give up praying for your children and your loved ones. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it will not. Consistently bring them before the Lord in prayer. This story this event reveals such a tender moment between this woman and Christ. It could have went the whole other direction. She could, have, she could have got upset, 
You know, she could have said, well, you know, if you're not going to listen to me, then I'm going to go find somebody else. But she didn't. Because she knew that no matter the trouble that she was in, the heartache that she was going through, Jesus was the only answer. And can I tell you this morning, some, sometimes we go through some trouble. Look, the Christian life has got its challenges sometimes. Life has challenges. Life has problems, difficulties. And sometimes our first response is, is we're going to, okay, I need to do it this way. I need to take care of it my way. Instead of first going to the Lord. And saying, Lord, I don't understand the situation. I don't understand why I'm going through this. But I'm going to you to fix this situation. To fix this problem. To, to help me. And, and actually go and, and, and humble yourself maybe sometime. And say, Lord, I need you. I need you in this situation. Because if you don't get involved, there is no hope. Sometimes you and I have to do something like that. We have to go through those times. See, the times of trials, the times of testing, the times of difficulty, they shouldn't be what, what pushes us away from God. Instead, it's those times that should draw us closer to God. Because look, they're going to come. Uh, life is just that way. We're all going to have difficulties and problems. But God is the answer. Conclusion invitation this morning. A mother's devotion to her children is quite special and unique. It is a special bond between them that really knows no limits. And when difficulties and trials arise that test you and your family, you will be surprised by what your love for your children will enable you to do and what God's grace will also enable you to do for your family. Now, this doesn't just apply to women. This applies to fathers as well. You know, when you see your, your children go through hardship, difficulty, illness, you'd be surprised what you can do for them, what God allows you to be capable of doing. A mother's devotion is seen on a daily basis and is sometimes the simple things that you do every day. It can become tedious at times, but try to remember your children won't be in your home forever. They will grow up, they will move away, and Lord willing, have families of their own. Enjoy this time with your children while you can, because it will go away at times. The time is fleeting. You know, uh, we may think sometimes that it, we'll have them forever, but we won't. And so we need to be thankful for the time that we do have with them now, because one day they won't be there. They won't be there. How often do you pray for your children? Perhaps God has spoken to your heart this morning about making prayer for your children a priority in your life more than your busy schedules. Make time in your life to intercede on their behalf. Your children need prayer too. If you need prayer, they need prayer. They really do. Because what may seem insignificant to us, the problems that they're going through, you know, we've, we've all been through them. We've all been through most of the things that they, they have gone through. But to them, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. And they need help and they, they need God's grace just as much as you and I do for our troubles and our problems that we encounter. 
Don't give up on your family getting saved or developing a relationship with Christ. Keep praying for them. See, God is not limited by distance nor by time. Just don't give up on them because Jesus didn't give up on you. He didn't give up on us. It wasn't until I was 17 years old that I got saved. God was very gracious to me. Lastly, um, like this woman, there are many people who cry out to God for Him to fix all of their troubles. But very few actually humble themselves and worship Him and approach God His way, which was by faith. But this woman put her entire faith in Jesus Christ before He granted her request. Can I ask you this morning, are you a born-again Christian? Have you put your faith alone in what Jesus Christ has already done for you on the cross? See, Jesus said there is only one way for salvation, and that is only through Him. He is the only door into the kingdom of God. You can't sneak in. There's no way that your, 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 your good works will outweigh your, you know, your, the sins that you do. There's only one door, and that is Jesus Christ. That's why He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. Can't sneak in. You know, if you think that your good works is going to somehow get in through the back door, it ain't going to happen. It's only through Jesus Christ, trusting Him as your Savior. Do you truly know this morning if you're going to go to heaven when you die, or are you just hoping so? See, God wants you to be certain. You know, He, he wants us to know for sure, is, you know, when I die, where is my soul going to be? That's why He's given us His Word, that we may know that we have salvation. And if you're having any doubts, if you're not sure where I'm going to spend eternity when I die, please see me after the service if you want to know more about being born again. And, uh, and I encourage you, uh, spend that time with your children while you can. You know, when you look at this story, when you, when, when you see this event, the next time you read, let it prick your heart and say, you know what? That devotion, I want that. I want, I want to, to be that kind of a woman, you know, for mothers. Uh, I want to be that kind of a woman that, you know what, she put everything at, at loss, at great risk, just because she saw the need of her children. It's a great encouragement to us as parents to see that, but also to know that Jesus loves us so much and that even though to this world, Sometimes mothers forsake their children. God will never forsake you. He will never abandon you. He'll never cast you aside. He'll never say, you know what, I'm done with him. I'm done with her. No, he is very gracious. He's very loving. And he will never forget you. Let's go ahead and bow in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you so much that you have given us this portion of Scripture this morning. God, that we can see uh, this, this woman's faith. Lord, she, she risked everything to be able to find Christ. And it wasn't a guarantee that she would get help. Yet she knew that you were all that she could rely upon. You were everything. That there was no other answer anywhere else. And she took great risk 
to come to you. God, I'm thankful that, um, Lord, that she humbled herself. She realized that you are the only answer. Father, I, I just thank you, Lord, for uh, our church family, the mothers and families and just all that are here. I thank you for them, Lord. I know we go through struggles. We go through trying times. We go through tests. We go through valleys. I'm thankful, Lord, that you are ever with us. You never let us go through these times alone, but you're there with us every step of the way. And Lord, as I just pray that you would just encourage our hearts this, this morning, God, as we serve you, as we live for you, Lord, that you would remind us that, look, your devotion to us is far greater than any devotion a mother has for her children. It brought you to the cross. And I just thank you, Lord, that you love me so much, that you put up with me for 17 years, the things I said, the things I did, the sin that I committed. Lord, you had grace and you had mercy upon me till I heard the gospel. And even when I heard it the first time, I didn't understand, Lord, you were gracious till I heard it again and understood and it finally finally clicked in my heart that I needed you for salvation, that there was no other hope in anything else. Lord, if there's someone here this, this morning that does not know if they have eternal life, if heaven is their home, if they're only just hoping so, they're just not sure, God, would you speak to their heart and, Lord, that they wouldn't leave this morning doubting and wondering what's going to happen. Lord, you've given us your word that we may know. Father, I just ask that you would bless this morning's message, Lord. Encourage and strengthen our families and every, every person this morning. Lord, we all, we all need to see that devotion that you, you've given uh, to us, Lord. And I just ask that you would just bless, um, bless our families, Lord. And we do thank you and we do love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.